nigga ain't perfect, but who is? Yeah. Just tryna have an impact when I do this. Yeah, never divisive. These literary devices, Nasdaq prices. I'm a vessel for the righteous. Uh. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. Exhale with Mary Angelis. So we're here. We're on to episode two, and I'm really anxious about this topic that we're gonna be discussing today, simply because it around it revolves around sexual abuse in your childhood um when it comes to talking about things like this i usually back out like i made a blog a couple of months ago and i put out one blog post which was about being raised by a father who was addicted to drugs and then my second one was about child abuse and after that i felt so drained I couldn't do it. Like I just I just didn't want to continue the blog. It made me lay in bed forever, okay? So, I'm really proud of myself for really doing this right now because as much as I am an open book, I can be very private. Like there's days that I wake up and I'm like, why did I tell the world that? Like I really should have kept that for myself, but then I see things happening to people and I feel like I just have to be transparent and I just have to speak about it. So here I am. So usually when we hear about a child being molested, we automatically assume the child is a female and the abuser is the predator, abuser, whatever you want to call them, is a man. And that's not always the case. I really wish I knew the percentage of the women who abuse, but I don't. I tried to Google it, but honestly, it wasn't out there, and I just gave up. I was just like, wow, there's no percentage. But we usually think that people who abuse children are strangers, um, maybe the friends of the family. We never think that it's our mothers, our fathers, our cousins, our best friends, um, we just assume it had to have been someone that didn't love the child, right? But what people don't understand about child abuse is that in order to get a child to engage in a sexual act, you first have to groom them. You have to gain their trust or else they'll tell, right? They'll be like, they'll run and tell their parents. So, I mean, it's so wicked that um, people actually like... They plan this out in their minds like it's like a whole thing that they do within themselves and then they act on it and as a normal person think like how can a person like really just look at this child and think like oh I'm gonna groom the shit out of them and then I'm gonna fucking touch their vagina or their penis and that's how I'm gonna do this but that's exactly how it is um, I would like to say some statistics right now so, 93% of children who are victims of sexual abuse know their abuser. Less than 10% of sexually abused children are abused by a stranger, which is fucking wicked to me. Like, wow. Um, one in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before they turn 18 years old. One in four and one in six. 12.3% of women were age 10 or younger at the time of their first rape or at the time they got molested. 
30% of women were between the ages of 11 and 17, okay? So more than one-third of women who report being raped before the age of 18 also experience rape as an adult. Survivors of sexual abuse are also more likely to experience rape and intimate partner violence in adulthood. So I would just like to say... Um, I honestly, we're just going to jump into it now. I honestly, it's like I knew, but I didn't know that I was molested as a child. Um, the only reason I found out was because I found myself in therapy one day because of the domestic violence relationship I had with an ex-boyfriend. So I was looking for therapy, you know, trying to heal and... I just remember talking to a psychologist and they were just, you know, doing an intake and one of the first questions that they asked me was, were you ever sexually abused as a child? And I was like, what do you mean? So then the psychologist was just like, as a child, did anyone have, has anyone ever touched you? And I looked at the, the person and for some reason, after that question, all my memories of being touched just came to me and I was just like yeah I actually have and that was the first time that I think that the memory went from being in my subconscious mind to right there where I can see it and I can remember it and feel it and after that I was just like whoa I was touched as a fucking kid like wait a fucking second right so that was how I that's, that's how I experienced that, right? I was a really pretty girl growing up. I had this long black hair. Um, everyone always touched my hair. They was always like, oh my God, your hair is so pretty. This little girl is so pretty, right? Always touching my damn hair. So I had this one cousin who did hair. She was like popping. She did hair. She was older, you know, real popular and real pretty, nice body. And so fucking nice, right? She was so nice. I mean, she had her issues. We all knew she had her issues. But for the most part, she was so nice to me that I could give a fuck about all the issues that we already knew that she had. Um, and she, like, loved me. She took care of me. She was very motherly. And I want people to understand that, too. Um, abusers, they can be very paternal and maternal. Like, very... One of those people that just want to take care of you. And... I want people to to really note that because we think that just because these people are really good with kids, that we should leave them with our children, that we should trust them. Absolutely fucking not. Um, some of the sickest people look like some of the nicest people. And yeah, note that shit. When you see someone over being too overly obsessed with your child, Mm -hmm. not always because some people are genuinely good people and genuinely do love kids but sometimes when people have a history of being fucking weirdos we gotta watch out we gotta be like mm, and keep an eye out because yeah people really be out here scheming and plotting on our children and we won't even know it because they just seem so nice so back to my story this person did hair, and every time I would go to my family member's house, I'm going to choose to not disclose who the family member is just because I just don't feel comfortable with it right now, and I just want to put out what I can. And 
that's it because I'm getting anxiety. So, you know what? I had to take a moment and I had my sister's voice in my head and my sister's voice was like, fuck that shit. Tell that shit. I got your back and I will punch anyone in the face if they got a motherfucking problem. So, you know what? We're going to we're going to just talk about it. I'm going to just take a second, you know, and we're going to talk about it because I have to breathe for this because this is a topic that does make me want to cry and it does make me want to fight and it does make me real angry because thinking back to my eight-year-old self, yeah, I just want to fight for her. I really want to fight for her because, ooh, I hate people, you know, like, I hate people. I think my life changed after this situation, so that's why I just need a minute, because this is hard to talk about, like really, really hard. So, basically this, this cousin of mine, she was a female, my aunt's daughter, <laughs> my aunt's daughter, can you believe that shit? Um, she just loved me, and we all had like, like we would always being like these little groups you know when you have like your favorite cousin like okay that's my favorite cousin so i'm gonna play with her i'm gonna sleep with her i'm gonna shower with her you know i'm gonna shower with him i'm gonna play with him like stuff like that like we had that we were cousins you know we were first cousins at that so of course we showered together we slept together we played together we did all that stuff so you know one of my cousins she would team up with me and she would be like Oh, uh, Marianne's gonna shower with me. I'm gonna sleep with Marianne. I'm gonna do Marianne's hair. I love Marianne, you know? Shit like that. And at the time, at eight years old, honestly, I don't even know how I just went along with someone touching me. I really don't because I was always a feisty little kid. Like, always. Like, I was a feisty kid. I always spoke up. I had a big ass mouth like I do now. Like, nothing about me has changed like I who I am now is who I was back then like I was a feisty little talkative little girl and I really don't know how that's what gets me is I don't know how I let someone touch me and I didn't tell my mom so I know for a fact I had to one have felt safe and two I would have had to have felt like it was normal because why wouldn't I tell my mom you know and that's what that's what sucks about situations like mine is that it's not like I didn't feel safe because I did, you know, and it wasn't until I got older that I saw how something like that affected me. Basically, what people don't know about child abuse is that even though I was molested by a female and not a not a male, when someone touches you in your private part as a child, they have now awakened your sexual urges. So since the age of eight, that's just the fucking disgustingest, craziest thing. So what that person did for me is they basically made me feel something good, right? And then ever since that day, and I wanted it. And that's, that. you just, like, I just get so angry thinking about that fact because you violated me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I didn't know any better. I didn't know that I was going to have those urges after. That's just how the body works. That's how sex works, you know? And people think, well, she didn't cry about it when it happened. It didn't hurt her, so that, you know, she wasn't molested, she wasn't raped, she wasn't whatever. But that's not how rape works with children. That's just not how it works. Once someone violates that and they awaken those urges inside of you, 
that ain't that it's just not right you know it's just not right growing up i hated being wet i hated discharge i did not like anything on my panties it would make me so uncomfortable i hated um going to sleep sometimes because i would have to hold on to my private parts and i never understood like why do i have to hold on to my private part you know when i'm laying down or when i'm about to go to sleep like why do i have to hold myself and it's because my sexual urges were awakened and i was basically wanting something that i should have never wanted at that age you know what i mean i get angry because i feel like my innocence was taken i sometimes now that i know that that's what ha that 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 happened to me i realize that's why it was nothing for me to lose my virginity at 13 years old um that's why pregnancy at 14 felt like nothing it's like all these things make so much sense now that I know what had what happened to me when I was eight, you know? That's why it was nothing when someone uh, physically abused me in a relationship because I've just been violated so many times that it just didn't matter by the time I got older. Like, I was already numb to, to people violating my body, you know? Even as, as an adult now, I struggle with being emotionally connected during sex. I struggle with um, I struggle with trusting people. Um, hold on. Um, every time every time someone um, does anything nice for me or is like a good person to me, I kind of look at them side eye and I'm just like, well, what do they want from me? You know, like what comes after this because. From my experience, since eight years old, whenever someone overly praised me or, like, um, was overly nice to me, my body was violated directly after, you know? So, I struggle a lot as an adult now, and it's just things I'm trying to work through, but this is exactly why I felt like saying the story was so important because I feel like it has impacted me more than probably anything. It just changed. It just changed me. I got my period at eight years old. I really wonder if I got my period at eight years old because of what has happened to me. What, what happened to me back then, I'm really not sure if that's connected, but I did get my period really early. Um, I feel like someone took my little girl stage and they made me a woman and I feel like sometimes I have um this childlike personality to me which no one understands um I'm very mature I'm a well I'm a grown-ass woman okay I live alone I don't live with my mama I pay my own bills I raise my son but I can be very childlike some days and I do think that I stick with that because a lot of that was stripped from me so so sometimes I just like to play a little bit more than the average person. I like to joke a little bit more. I'm very childlike some days. And I think that also um, connects with being sexually abused as a child. I think you get stuck at that age in your emotional part of yourself. And I think that's what happened to me. Again, I'm working through these things. I don't know if I ever want to change that about myself. I do like that part of me, that that little innocent, that little not innocence, because I feel like I have zero innocence at this point. But that that childlike personality that I have, I bring out sometimes. I don't know if I want to change that. 
but I do think it's connected to being sexually abused. Um, another thing that I feel like has um, affected me because of that. And one thing that like hurts me about the whole situation is that it's my aunt's daughter. Like that kills me inside, you know, because I'm the kind of person that just wants everyone to get along. I literally love everyone. I don't like um, making people feel like like out of place or just just weird inside, you know. And I know that with that information being out that my aunt will probably feel disgusted, you know? I'm probably, um, she knows, so she, I'm sure she feels disgusted with herself and with her child, and I just, I can't even imagine that as a mother, what that feels like, and I think that's the thing about me, and I think that's why I've been taken advantage so many times. I have this heart that even if you hurt me, like, I just feel so bad for you for having to deal with the aftermath of you hurting me. And I think that's why I haven't put my book out. Well, it is why I haven't put my released my book. It's why I stopped doing my blog. It's why it took me so long to do this podcast because I truly feel bad for for making not even making people seem like assholes because it is what it is, right? The truth is the truth and that sucks. But I just don't like doing that. As much as some people may think that I do, I don't. <laughs> I truly don't. And I don't know. It's just hard for me to know that. I don't know. It's just hard. <laughs> but I guess that personality is what makes me the perfect person to molest as a child, right? You had this little girl who's empathetic, who loves you, who, you know, trusts people. And I guess those are the kids that you take and you do things too privately and they keep the secret because I kept the secret all the way until I was 25 years old. And I'll never forget it. When I told my family, it was just like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you say anything? And that was a good question because I was looking at them like, why wouldn't I? You know, and it wasn't until I watched a couple of documentaries and I did a little bit of reading that... I realized that kids really don't tell when it's someone that they love. They really don't. They think it's it's normal. At that age, of course, as an adult, we know, like, that's right, that's wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, if you have talks with your children, they'll know, you know? But my mom never had these talks with us. Like, who the hell is going to talk to their daughters before they go to their fucking cousin's house that is filled with girls? Like, oh, remember to tell me, like, if anyone touches you when you go over there. Like, my mom didn't think about that because she was leaving me with people that were close to her, you know? And she was leaving me with girls. I want people to understand that. It was a female. Like, I'm, there was no reason for my mom to ever think to have those talks with us, you know? But it is very necessary. Now, as a mother, I have these talks with my son, and I try to make it as PG as possible. But I definitely do ask him, and I definitely do tell him, like, listen, these are your, this is your body. No one is allowed to touch it, you know, not even mom. You're at the age where you shower by yourself, you wash yourself up, you do what you got to do, and that's it. You protect your body, and no one, no one, no one is allowed to touch you anywhere. And if they do, it is not okay, and you tell your mom. And I always had those talks with my son, and I guess I'm grateful that it happened to me because I can prevent that from happening to my own child. And honestly, I would rather me than my own child any day, you know? I would rather life give me experiences so that I could block them from happening to my son. I 100% 
would rather that. Um, in this episode, I'm going to have some ladies talk about their experiences and I hope that us having an open discussion about this topic can bring up more awareness to sexual abuse with children and I hope that after listening to this a lot of people are willing to have more open conversations with their family members about either what has happened to them or even just prepping their kids to make sure that um, they know what's right and what's what's wrong because the talk is hard. It's awkward. Who the hell wants to talk to their children about you know possibly being touched? Like nobody because then you're you feel like you're awakening something in them by even speaking it. But really, it is necessary. Um, you can't trust people. As sad as that is, you really can't. You have to really use your intuition when it comes to um, your children and. Don't let anyone convince you that that you're crazy about anything that you feel about a family member. Like, if it don't feel right, it ain't right. And really, be aware of who your kids stay with. It doesn't matter who the fucking person is to you, honestly. If they have a lot of drama in their life, if you have heard of anybody being sexually abused in a house or any, in the house or anything like that, keep your kids far away from that environment because... Um, there's a chance that your kids can be exposed to the same life that these people have, even if you don't directly expose them to it at home, you know? You have to watch whose house your kids go to. It's really important. Um, yeah, I'm just here to help. I'm just here to tell my story so that another little girl who's probably been touched by an, a girl or a girl cousin, brother you know, anybody in their family, so you can know you're not alone, you know? I definitely don't look like I've been through any of the shit that I'm going to talk about in this on this podcast, but I have. I definitely have. Um, and, yeah. So, my original plans were to interview girls like I did in my first episode, but I kind of want to switch it up now. Um, I did not know that this topic was going to bring up such heavy emotions, such crazy conflicts, conflicts within families. Um, I didn't know that these girls were going to have me crying the way that they did while listening to their stories. And I didn't know that they were going to cry. I honestly had a whole different vision of how I was going to set up the interviews and stuff. But instead of that, I wanted to bring you guys something more raw and something more real. And that's just them speaking without being in like an interview kind of mind frame. It's really just organic. And I'm just going to just basically let you guys listen to clips of them just explaining to me their story. And what I want people to take from this is... I want you guys to put yourself in someone else's shoes for a second, and I also want you to put yourselves in these people's, sh these girls' shoes at the age that these things happen to them, and not as grown women, because I think that that's also a problem. People see you as a grown woman now, strong, very much capable of defending yourself, capable of protecting yourself, and capable of make, capable of making choices, and they forget about the younger you, the person that this actually happened to. 
um, the person that was vulnerable, um, the person that could not protect themselves. And excuse me, not the person, the child, okay, version of you. And I want people to just close their eyes while they listen and think about the child version of these girls as they speak. And I think that will that will help you um, gain a different perspective on child abuse because, yeah, this is a topic that's either taboo or kept a secret for whatever reasons to protect people's reputations, to protect people's egos, to protect people's lifestyles. And we're not doing that no more. We're breaking generational curses. We're stepping on toes. We're speaking our truths. And we are healing. And to anyone that has ever been through something like this, I applaud you for being here and being able to listen to my podcast because you're alive and you lived through it and you have enough strength to have you have had enough strength to get out of bed today and press play on your phone or your computer wherever you're listening to this and I commend you and I wish you guys nothing but more strength to get through this crazy life and lots of freaking happiness that you guys truly deserve after being in crazy situations and yeah. I started, you know, wet in the bed. I started having nightmares. And I'm talking like I'm getting older now. I'm like 10, 11, 12. Like these years like that were there, I'm like, you know, older, um, you know, um, sleeping at his, his, my stepfather's mom's house. You know, my mom is mad at me. Like, why are you peeing in the bed? You too old for that shit. Like, what's going on or whatever, you know? So... Um, I never, like, I, I used to have these dreams. And then I used to have dreams like my stepfather's father used to try to kill me. Like, you know, like, I used to be scared to go to sleep because I used to feel like he was going to come in the room. So, like, I never said nothing, though. Like, you know, I was, I, I don't know why. I can't really remember why I never said anything about the dreams or anything. But, you know, I was out of place. That wasn't my space. That wasn't. So then, um... When I had guy, um, 13, one time I was coming out the shower and, um, that was the first time that I realized, like, as 13 years old, like, what, what was going on? Like, because it wasn't... You know, something that I pushed, like, that I forgot. Like, everything started coming back to me after that. So, basically, that was the first penetration time that, you know, that hit me. Like, you know, and then after that, everything started coming back. Like, probably till, like, the age of 13. And the only reason why I came out about it is because I was sitting there, like, you know, why can't I go have sex with a man? Why can't I be a wife and have kids? And uh, why am I disgusting? Why am I going to hell? Why do I make my dad sick? Why am I so gross? Because I'm gay. And I felt like, okay, since you don't understand, I'll help you understand. And I came out about mad shit that happened. This first person that ever did it to me was my dad's wife's ex-husband. 
and uh, he's sick in the head. Uh, my stepmom has a son with him. He used to call my stepbrother, who I lived with, and then he would get on the phone and talk to me about the way I smell and the way I taste and how much he missed me and how much he wished he could see me again and all this other sick, nasty shit. And believe it or not, still to this day, I just got an argue with my dad and his wife, i say about a month ago about everything that happened because they kind of trying to want to blame me and no, I didn't come out about it when I was little and they tried to talk to me and they tried this and they tried that. Well, yeah, because I was a scared little girl who's taught to lie about every fucking thing because my upbringing was so fucked up and you guys want to act like everything was normal. So I thought that was normal too. And it happened for so fucking long that I thought that was normal too. Holes like hitting fucking concrete brick walls, just fucking bugging the fuck out was out. I was so fucking hurt and disgusted. I could not believe he was saying the shit he was saying to me. I could not believe he was choosing a woman over his fucking kid. I can't believe you're choosing a woman who is married to the man that raped me. And you're mad because I'm fucking telling the truth. I'm sure that was tough to hear. Like, it was tough for me to hear when I heard these voice notes from these women. But... These are things that we need to put out there so that people understand that it's not just you having these problems, it is other people too. And that is the main purpose of my entire podcast, just for people not to feel alone. So I decided to post clips of voice notes between me and these women um, during private conversations. And just to show you guys how real, how raw this is, I just wanted to kind of wind into this topic because it is such a big trigger for some people. And I just wanted people to hear this first before we get into the details of everything. And yeah, that will be on part two. But I just wanted you guys to get a feel of the these women and also myself. And yeah, I hope this helps someone. Um, and I hope this... And I hope this gives someone courage to speak their truth, to tell their families, to look for support within your community, your family, or your friends. Um, I hope this also helps the families that are listening to this. And I hope this helps a family understand um, someone that has been abused a little bit better. And yeah... One last thing I would like to say is please believe people when they tell you they've been sexually abused. Believe them until there's proof that is an absolute lie because nine times out of ten, it is the fucking truth. Um, so often, no one wants to really go into things because they're, they just don't want to put their mind in a scary place. And if it's hard for you to hear, imagine how hard it must have been for someone to experience. Please keep that in mind that you just have to listen to the experience. Someone actually had to live through this. And until there's proof that it isn't true, it's true. And it should be taken as the truth. And for anyone that has ever lied about things like this, they karma misses no one. And if you've ever lied about something like this, you should, you know, you will get yours. It is what it is. <laughs> Somebody's watching, you know. But for the most part, these stories are almost always true when they come out of someone's mouth. Just because we don't want to process the fact that evil is among us does not mean does not mean that evil isn't among us because it is. 
some people are sick and wicked and disgusting and we should shed a light on those kind of people because people are really walking out here thinking that everyone is just like them and that's not true some people are fucking weird anyways guys stay blessed stay strong and i hope like i always say i hope this doesn't trigger anyone i'm only here to help thank you for tuning in with exhale mary angelis i'm proud that you gave that fight like Fork in the road of damage control I'm here fighting with the blind Which direction to go Dig deep in your soul and forgive your foe Stop drowning all your sorrows in the captain coat Yo, prosperity, I'm giving you the energy The centerpiece framework to